Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, hurting alpacas like there's no tomorrow, Charette. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, man. Nothing much, Mike. You know, just another exciting hump day. Yeah. Hump day. Uh, are you still? Coffee man supreme. Mm. Yeah, I've got a good cup, um, good water to to ground ratio. Yeah, Word. good. It's it's a, good. It's awesome. Strong <laughs> brew. Good, <laughs> good. Um, Mike, I don't I don't think you did, but did you you didn't travel to Kentucky this past weekend, did you? Mm. No, I didn't. No. Okay. I did go to L.A. Okay. though. I went to L.A. Oh, it was a nice little oh, trip. Classy. Yeah. Was it mm-hmm. business? Uh, it was actually for a show. It was for a concert. It was for Gold Room. He's a DJ. Mm. It was a boat show. Gold Room. Yeah. Man, you are all about the you are all about the electronic music, my friend. You yeah, are I think about that's fun. the the grooves. The mm-hmm. grooves. Do yeah. you do you get do you dance at these shows? Huh? Are you a dancer or are you just a listener? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, if I'm feeling if I'm okay. feeling the vibe, if I've got enough. Got enough, you know, if I've had enough drinks. Liquid courage? Yes, yes. <laughs> if you had enough to not care what other people think, yeah, I yeah. might groove a little bit. Get a little yeah. loose. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough drinks in the world for me to do that because I just have the worst dance moves ever. So, so true. Oh, man, I have some nightmares in my head thinking about where I've danced in public before. It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. Uh, but... Uh, there was a place in uh, you. You missed uh, equally. Might have been better. I don't. I don't know if I want to say better, but might have been better than your concert in Kentucky this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. What the happened? the redneck rave part two. That's right. Yes. Now, uh, Mike, you were not on the show yet as a co-host there back on June thirtieth. Mm-hmm. June 30th. It was a lovely show, by the way. We had uh, Flurry on the show. She's fantastic. She's cool. out with Colony House on tour right now. That's a fact. Anyways, it was great. Me and Claude were on the show, and uh, Claude Fly Till I Die, Lathan, discussed the Redneck Rave. That's when the first Redneck Rave happened. They couldn't, it was so amazing, they couldn't even wait a year. They were like, let's just do another one in like four months. (laughs) And they did. They did. Now, one of the reasons that we discussed the Redneck Rave uh, four months ago, Mike, was because it had some issues. That's a fact. I know know you heard the title and you were like, no way a concert called the Redneck Rave could have issues. But apparently, yes. Apparently it can. Um, 14 people were arrested. Uh, 48 people were charged with various offenses. Uh, one person had their uh, throat slit. That's a bad. Ooh. That's yeah. That's that's 
that's a bad concert experience. Um, another person apparently choked his girlfriend to the point of unconsciousness Ugh. over a blanket. So that's well, that, how that cold happened. was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, good question. It is June, so I'm guessing it was pretty warm when this happened. But who knows? Could have been in a valley. Um, and then one person was impaled by a log. Oh. So, Jeez. So, you know, all in all, it wasn't a flawless operation. Uh, it, it got some negative publicity because of these things. Now, I was really interested in the Redneck uh, Rave because of the attractions that they advertised for the original uh, Redneck Rave. They hmm. advertise, and this is a verbatim, Mike, a demolition derby, goldfish racing, and then, quote, a full-scale football game. <laughs> Which Lots of I questions. Just, exactly. Now, Claude was zeroed in on the goldfish racing, but I was more zeroed in on the full-scale football game. Mm -hmm. I was like, are we worried that if it's a half-scale football game, nobody's going to watch? Like... People like, 50-yard football game? No. No, I'm not going to the Redneck Rave. You know, like, I mean, just seems a little weird. But, anyways, I want to focus on the current Redneck Rave, the one that just went down. Okay. So, apparently, this whole deal goes on because of Justin Time. That's a fact. He's a... Uh, he is a, a fan of what he terms country rap. Mm -hmm. And he is a very big promoter. And he put on the first Redneck Rave. And, you know, after 48 people being charged uh, with various offenses and a throat being slit and an impalement over a log, he was like, such a good time. Let's do it again. Let's, <laughs> let's fire this thing up again. So this time I checked, Mike, and the events were different. The events were different. This time we had SXS Racing... We had mud pits. We had a huge bonfire. And the last the last attraction, trails. Trails. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, I don't wanna I don't wanna say they scaled back from the first redneck race, <laughs> but I mean SX SXS races compared to Demolition Derby. I mean Yeah. I'm just saying. Demolition Derby seems pretty great. Yeah. Also, just like the full-scale football game, I I don't know if you can advertise trails. Nah. Like, I, that's one step away from advertising fields as an amenity. <laughs> what do we have? A field. Nice. Mm -hmm. Not, now... Now, even though they didn't advertise, I know you're probably worried, Mike. They did have goldfish racing apparently at this go. That's round. good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I still didn't find out what goldfish racing is. Nope. But I did find out they had it because I did did some digging on uh, on Justin Times Instagram and found out. Yes, yes, indeed, hmm. there were goldfish races. Now, another very interesting. Uh, part about the Redneck Rave is the fact that apparently one of the headliners of music performance was 
Afro man. Word. Hmm. Yeah. That's appropriate. Yeah. Now, now, if you don't know, listeners, who I'm talking about, it's probably because you weren't listening to popular music in 2001, uh, <laughs> which is understandable if you're a young buck. You might have missed it. That's a but, fact. But uh, Afro man's what you may call a uh, one-hit wonder. Um, he had one song, and the title was Because I Got High. That was the song. Now, mm -hmm. for you young bucks that don't remember, let me give you a couple of lines. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna get my singing on, Mike. Let's see if I can do it here. <clears throat> Gotta get my Afro man voice on. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna skid up and find the broom, but then I got high. That's right. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Hey, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. La da 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 da. There we go. That was there amazing. That was Thank really, you. really good. <laughs> Thank that sounded you. exactly like him. You know, what can I say? I could do one hit wonders from 2001. I instantly, though, when I did see that, I was like, that fits. The theme of that song fits the redneck yeah, rave. It does. That, it does. Uh, shout out to Afro Man. Shout uh, out. I got a feeling, I mean, it fits the theme. It's still probably a little weird. Been a little bit weird for him being out there, but you know what? Yeah. Whatever makes you money, Afro man, mm -hmm. you know, get it. Uh, now, uh, as far as I've seen, good news, Mike. No stories about impalement or strangulation at this redneck rave. That's good. You know, yeah, yeah. So I think we've got to chalk it up to a pretty good success. I mean, it's yeah. been several days after it culminated. It, it finished on Sunday, so. I think we're in the clear. At least they didn't feel like making stories about that if that were the case. Now, huh? uh, just in time, the creator of the Redneck Rave said he truly uh, is excited about one thing about this Redneck uh, Rave, and that's the fact that Vice News was there making a documentary. Hmm. Yeah. So if you are kicking yourself right now because you're like, man, I missed the full Redneck Rave, don't worry. They're releasing a Redneck Rave documentary awesome. in early 2022. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now, Justin Time said he believes that Vice News will do right and not make it what the media uh, tried to show the rave to be. But in fact, they will be the ones that set the record straight on what the rave represents. Hmm. Yes. Word. Which I can only assume he means trails, goldfish racing, and full-scale <laughs> football games. So true. I'm guessing that's what yeah. he wants it to represent. I don't know. Um, Mike, knowing everything now that you know about the Redneck Rave, do you want to come back to your hometown state? Maybe we meet somewhere in the middle and put on the Florida Man Rave yes. to rival the Redneck Rave. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, we do. Yes. Me and Mike are going to work out the details of the Florida Man Rave. But in the meantime, we Llamas should probably fire. And yeah. alpacas. Yeah. Alpacas, for sure. We'll, our security detail <laughs> will be guard llamas. That mm -hmm. will keep everybody in line. In the oh, meantime, yeah. Mike, you want to fire up the show? Yes, sir. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two.
one, zero, and liftoff. Uh, Mike, we have a fantastic show. Tremendous artist out of the Palmetto State. So true. Mr. Sam Birchfield. We're going to talk about his latest single, Willow Tree. We're going to talk about his most recent album. We're going to get into some Legos as well. Cool. We're going to talk some Legos. Uh, But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. There you go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, uh, this one I'm actually very excited about this week as far as birthday suits because I think you may be able to get all three. I know that's a jump. I know we'll see. you don't have a good record going so far, but no, not I really. think this one may be doable. Uh, okay. okay. Born on October 20th, 1950 in Gainesville, Florida. Mm. Our birthday suit wearer fell in love with rock and roll when he met Elvis at the age 10. Then when he saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, he knew rock and roll was what he wanted to do. He dropped out of high school at the age of 17 to play bass in his band Mud Crutch. Around 1977, he went solo, eventually with the, uh, eventually getting a backing band named The Heartbreakers, and soon released the singles American Girl and Breakdown. His third album, Damn the Torpedoes, was very successful, with songs like Refugee and Here Comes My Girl. In 1988, while continuing his own career, he joined the Traveling Wilburys, with George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynne. In 1989, he released one of his biggest albums, Full Moon Fever, which had the singles I Won't Back Down and Free Fallen and Running Down a Dream. So true. In 1994, he released another huge album, Wildflowers, which had the singles You Don't Know How It Feels, You Wreck Me, and A Higher Place. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer died in 2018, but he's known as a rock and roll legend, being in the Rock and Roll mm. Hall of Fame. Name that birthday suit wearer. Tom Petty. Tom Easy. Petty is correct. North yeah. Florida legend. There we yes, go. He is. There we go. He had the keys to the city of Gainesville. That was it, Mike. That was my. Um, what's your favorite Tom Petty song, Mike? Um, I would have to say free fallings definitely. Mm. Uh, but uh, I can't think of the song. The name of the song has escaped me. But free fallings definitely number one. I, it's tough for me. Running down a dream. I love running down a dream. Uh, yeah, I, running I, down a dream. I also love you don't you don't know how it feels. I mean, that's an awesome '90s jam right there. I mean, I know Tom Petty's not really a '90s man, but that album was in the '90s, and that song was awesome. So true. Also, Mary Jane. Last Mary Jane. That was the song. Jane. That was yeah. the song. Yeah, that's the song. That's I'm, their. That's for me. I think that's actually probably number one. Mary Jane is probably number one. Yeah, when that harmonica yeah. comes in at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, you know. Great music video. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, dancing around with the dead lady. I forget who mm-hmm. who who was the dead lady in that video. Is somebody. Somebody uh, sort of famous, I feel like. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up uh, over the next break, guys. Don't worry, I'm good at following things up. You can trust me. That's a fact. Um, uh, f- 
Also, I did see them in concert. Nice. Yes, I did see Tom Petty in concert, which I'm kind of proud of. That's, That's a, a that, concert. Yeah, I mean, that I've gone you, to. you can't you can't see it again. So I mean, you yeah, know, no. you got you you made history there. You got you got yeah. good history. I mean, that's that's up there. I wish I could say yeah. I saw Tom Petty uh, live. I remember when my brother was working at a lifeguard. One of his good friends, one of the lifeguards there. He was a bit of a, a hippie, mm. and uh, he loved <laughs> Tom Petty. And uh, I remember he was so jazzed when he saw Tom Petty and came back and told everybody. He was like, oh, man, dude, you know, like that guy still rocks. So true. Like he went from <laughs> he went from sitting down to standing up and then back down to sitting down and then back to standing up. <laughs> and we were like that. That's considered rocking. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. what I how many times he stands up. Oh, my God. He's back up, everybody. That's amazing. <laughs> Anyways, Tom Petty, fantastic. He would have been uh, 71 today. 71. Happy birthday, Tom. Uh, okay, Mike, are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. Let's hear them. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, a uh, quick headline from WLWT Channel 5 in Cincinnati. Quote, Police release photos of people accused of stealing money from an 83-year-old woman. End quote. Oh, come on. <laughs> Wait, what? Now, I, I mean, aside from it being an 83-year-old woman and that just being wrong, was I the only person that heard that headline and said, people? Not person? Like seriously, it, Girl, come on. it took people to steal money from an 83 year old woman. Like <laughs> you probably need to look into another occupation. If you need an ocean, an ocean's 11 operation to snatch a purse from an 83 year old, like it's uh, probably not good at your job. If that's the case, I'm just saying, just, just a thought. Anyways, yeah. I think the 83-year-old woman's fine, Mike. I didn't actually read the story. I just nope. I stopped on the headline. I was like, what? <laughs> That's weird. Anyways, um, Mike, story uh, from a business that's always given us news here. The next story from Waffle House. Sweet. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So this, uh, this was a Waffle House on Marietta Street in the home of Waffle House, which would be Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. Uh Candy Franklin, who apparently is a dude, hmm. never heard a dude named Candy, but apparently Candy Franklin is a dude. And, uh, In Atlanta. Yeah. And he was ordering some eggs at uh, Waffle House, and the waitress brought out the eggs, and uh, he looked down at the eggs, and he told her that he ordered the eggs with cheese on them. When she brought them back, Mr. Franklin looked down at his food, and then up at the waitress again, and was about to tell her he was not happy with the eggs, and she was pointing a gun at him. Wait, what? And mm. <laughs> Mr. Franklin said, quote, I didn't think she would shoot me, but then she cocked it back. So I was like, maybe she's about to do something. End quote. <laughs> uh, now, luckily, <laughs> listeners, uh, nothing happened to Mr. Franklin, but I got to say, I don't know if, I, if you're like me, Mike, but... Did you get a little bit of like this waitress being the Samuel L. Jackson of Waffle House? <laughs> like, say eggs with cheese again. I dare you. I double dare you, mother. 
Say eggs with cheese one more time. Like, that's just... Jeez. That's what I saw in my head with this... Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, I also sort of wondered... Do you think there was a guy at the table beside theirs that was getting ready to send back, like, French toast? And he was like, you know what? Who needs powdered sugar? I'm good. I'm fine. We don't need it. I, I'm good. I mean... This is fine. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I gotta say, though, uh, I, I'm not condoning it, obviously. No, a waitress should not have a gun. But... No. Don't you get a little bit tired when you hear people just always asking for more things? At a restaurant. Like, I mean... Yeah. You know. I mean, if I was at a table at that Waffle House, granted, I'd probably have crapped my pants in that situation. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, if she wouldn't have done that, I would have been at the table beside him being like, God, this guy's going to send the eggs back again? Yeah, seriously. They're going back again? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I'm not saying she should have done it, but I understand. Thanks, Chris Rock. Thank you. Thanks, Chris Rock. Uh, Mike, <laughs> since we're in America, let's throw another gun violence uh, story on the table. Um, yes. This time, we'll give the gun back to the customer. Word. So, uh, Miriam Shekmoose was hmm. shopping at the Circle K on 35th Avenue and Dunlap in Phoenix. She was shopping there, and she allegedly saw... A customer, a man in that Circle K, trying to shoplift. <gasps> yes. So Miriam went over to the man and tried to stop him. She was like, hey, we don't do that at this respectable place of business known as Circle K. And uh, not too surprisingly, the, the man didn't really care. And he just sort of shoved Miriam aside and was getting ready to leave the store. And uh, that's when Miriam pulled out her gun and shot him. What? Yeah. Shot him. Jeez. That's right. Miriam turned into Wyatt Earp in the middle of Circle (laughs) K. Like, Mike, I'm going to go on the record, and I know this is a really crazy stance right now, but I'm going to go on the record and say there's nothing in a Circle K that's worth shooting someone over. Nope. There's no. nothing. But what about but what about the disrespect? Huh? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, as far as what's in a Circle K, the dude could have taken everything in the whole store, and at most, that would have been worth a BB gun shot in the nads. Like <laughs> at, at, at most. But like, I mean, even with the disrespect, I might have just been like. Ugh. I hope that guy, I hope that guy stubs his toe later today. Like, I mean, just, I don't <laughs> like, I mean, shooting them? And then the cops showed up. What do you think they charged Miriam with? Hmm. They charged her with it a crime. What do you think they uh, uh, charged her with? Hmm. Um, I don't know. You would Antagonism? Th- <laughs> You would think, I I would think, I don't know about you, but I would think of something like attempted murder, but yeah, she she was charged with aggravated assault. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. Aggravated assault. I got to be honest. I feel like it deserves more. I mean. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Maybe, I mean, if it's not attempted murder, at least like attempted murder over a Snickers. So true. Like at least 
something mm-hmm. like I mean I don't know what he was trying to steal but we could insert whatever it is there you know mm-hmm. like I just I don't know I don't know Miriam uh, seems like you you escalate things a bit just <laughs> you take it to another level when it doesn't deserve that level uh, Mike let's head to the home state let's go to, let's go to Florida here Florida. Um, this next story, pretty serious, out of South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Um, the people of South Middle River neighborhood are looking for a burglar. A burglar who is apparently going around their neighborhood and stealing roosters. Hmm. What? Yeah. Apparently, in South Middle River... There are just like a gaggle of street birds. Ew. Because I I mm-hmm. watch I watched the news article. This was from a uh, you know uh, TV uh, news, and uh, there there were just like peacocks and cr- uh, roosters and pigeons mm-hmm. and all these other birds just walking around on the ground in this. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and Lynn Morgan, who lives in this neighborhood, she says she loves the roosters. And uh, she started to see uh, the roosters vanish, and she's very concerned. And uh, Morgan is so concerned because she thinks they're stealing the roosters for cockfighting. Say what? Mm. Yeah. She said the, the people that steal them always have a bait rooster with them. They let them fight for a little bit until they basically tire themselves out, and then they pick them up and they ride off. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And Morgan said she actually saw the man that she thinks is stealing the roosters, and she says she confronted the man. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when she did, that man threatened her. She said, "Quote: The man said, we'll be back to get your roosters.'" And I don't care how old you are. We'll be back to get you as well. Yeah. <laughs> so she shot him. <laughs> <laughs> so true. This was this is Miriam's cousin in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> um, so a lot of things to unpack, obviously, Mike. First of all, I think if I lived in this neighborhood, I mean, no offense to the roosters, uh, and I'm not a fan of cockfighting, but I think I'd be pretty psyched. Because, yeah. I mean... At least I wouldn't be being woke up at 5 a.m. to roosters crowing every morning. Like, what the <laughs> is going on out there? Second, uh, I I was really confused by the dude threatening her. Like, you know, we'll be back to get you as well. I mm, mean, I mean, yeah. before I dive into the threat, let's just appreciate his use of the lesser used adverb as well at the end of the sentence huh? <laughs> it's pretty nice pretty nice the guy's got away with words he may steal your cocks but he's a silver-tongued thief am i right am i right yeah <laughs> uh, i do I, although like i mean i was just thinking about the whole the whole threat and i was like does he have like an old lady fight club along with the cockfighting is that mm. is that why he's gonna come back and take the lady because mm. like I mean, I don't know if it's going to be nearly as popular, but uh, who knows? You know, I'm uh, just saying, old ladies going at each other. Morgan might want to watch out. She just yeah. sounding serious in South Middle River neighborhood. I 
losing 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 chickens losing ladies i don't know it's it's frightening watch out morgan watch out mike we're gonna keep it in florida uh (laughs) this may be my i mean we i had several stories that i enjoyed this week this may actually be my favorite so this story up the coast a little bit in titusville uh there were some deputies that were called to craig avenue at 2 a.m on monday morning Hmm. there was a man who was drinking from a half gallon jug of captain morgan's holding a sword and he had started a fire in the middle of the street with about four foot flames coming off of the road yeah Mm -hmm. yeah now this may surprise you mike but the fire that was in front of the man's home uh that they had visited they had already visited that man about five times in the past five months for uh, legal burns. Wait, what? So, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Apparently, this dude's pretty fond of fire. Now, to me, this is where the story got really interesting because apparently the cops went up to the man and asked him to drop his sword, which he did. Mm-hmm. He did. Good for this man. He dropped his. Yeah, exactly de-escalate the situation. That's a fact. But then the cops said they asked him to tell them why he started the fire. But he could not provide them with an answer to why he started the fire, so they arrested him. Hmm. But you got to ask, Mike, what could the dude have said in response to starting the fire that would have made him say, yeah, that checks out. All right, keep on, <laughs> keep on burning, bro. Like... Did they have to wait until then to arrest him? Because, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just saying, what is he going to say? Well, officer, I made this fire to keep the road illuminated while I practiced my sword jousting, enjoying <laughs> spiced rum. Live like a captain, am I right? Huh? No? Okay, like, free to go. <laughs> exactly. It seems like a Captain Morgan commercial to me. Yes! I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Is that not a great advertisement for your product? <laughs> Pretty fantastic. As long as you're like, as long as you're like standing on something, or you have like your knee up on something. What, <laughs> he just what am I puts his, to say here? puts his foot into the fire. Live <laughs> the like, Captain oh Morgan Jesus, stands. no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that is not the way to live like a captain. Uh, okay, last story before we go to break, Mike. Uh, Indonesia. There's a lady in Indonesia there who has gone viral on TikTok for cooking fish. Hmm. Yeah. Her fish cooking video has gone viral. It's got over uh. 6 million views in uh, in a couple of days. Now, this just this isn't just any fish that she's cooking. She is uh, cooking a garang arowana. Have you ever heard of garang arowana? Hmm. Uh, let me think. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. That was a quick thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a very apparently I've never heard of it either until this the story sounds poisonous though it was well, it a sounds... very it's a very special prize pet fish okay so like people buy it to like show off like hey check this thing out right apparently these arowana are uh, also known as dragonfish and like people buy them for like a whole bunch of money. And this, this lady's husband decided he wanted to get one as a pet. And so he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do it. And the lady was like, hey, if you don't take care of this pet and you don't clean the tank, 
I'm going to eat your pet fish. Word. And uh, apparently the dude didn't keep his tank clean. So the lady ate the fish. Hmm. And uh, now, I, th- you know, I, I didn't find it that hilarious or super interesting until I found out that people in Asia can pay up to $300,000 for an arowana fish. Wait, what? Wow. Yeah. $300,000. Which then made me be like, what is this lady thinking? What? She could have sold that fish for $300,000 and then bought $100,000 or 100,000 regular fish. Like, (laughs) come on. I mean, we all know the saying, take your husband's fish, eat for a day. Sell your husband's Mm -hmm. fish and you eat for life. That's a saying I made up for this story, but it's true. Come on. Anyways, she's viral now, so I guess it's... I guess it's worth it in that sense. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. I should watch the video. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Not, I mean, <laughs> you know. I mean, she made it look pretty good. She fried it up all nice. She descaled it. It was. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, I'd still rather have like red snapper. I don't know how arowana yeah. tastes, but anyways, anyways, we're gonna take a break. We are gonna hear from our guest Sam Birchfield. This is my favorite song off his last album this is honeybees last of the honeybees right here on the doc g show leaves changing colors orange and red and gold and i'm building forts and digging holes out in Feels like I'm in another life Another life I don't want to grow up Cause someday I'm gonna be dead and gone But something in my skeleton bones Has got to carry on So I'll carry on Protect us 
Shelter my brothers with a heavenly host Holy Ghost Refugees Honeybees I don't want to grow up Cause someday I'm gonna be dead and gone There's something in my skeleton bones Just got to carry on Got to carry on Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done it, subscribe, download to the podcast. It will not make your day, but it will make mine. (laughs) So be kind to me. Do I deserve it? No. So true. But it'd still be cool. It would still be nice. I'm just saying, do it for us. Do it for me and Mike. I got so happy this last week. I sent Mike a text. I found out that our show was popular in Myanmar. What? Mm -hmm. What? Who would have thought? Myanmar has all this, this... civil up uprising right now they got all kinds of issues and apparently they still have time to listen to our show which is pretty dope that's i got pretty psyched about that by the way mike i was thinking of why that could be Hmm. uh a couple years back uh when justin justin evangelista the virgin bass so true uh, he took a break (laughs) from the show and I made up a whole monologue, like a 20-minute story that I edited about how he went on a trip with Tom Brady to Myanmar. And um, I'm wondering if that's why we're popular in Myanmar. I'm wondering hmm. if they went back and were like, yeah, this dude supports our country. Dope. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it know. is, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're not, if you haven't subscribed, if you're not listening, and you're just flipping through the FM channels, you found us, do it. Subscribe to yeah. us. Make us feel better. Anyways, Mike, let's thank the regulars that are already listening. Here we go. Shout outs to the regulars. Shout out. 
Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Peoria, Illinois, San Diego, California, Ashburn, Virginia, Anoka, Minnesota, Winfield, West Virginia, Citrus Heights, California, Dublin, Ireland, Genoa, Italy, Boardman, Oregon, Katy, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Richardson, Texas, Frankfurt, Germany, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Columbus, Georgia, Broken, Oklahoma, oh, I tripped, Broken <laughs> Arrow, Oklahoma, and Mobile, Alabama. There we go. Shout out. There we go. Mobile making it into the regulars. Congratulations, mm-hmm. guys. Congratulations on being in the winner circle. That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Sarasota, Florida, Moscow, Russia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Reading, Pennsylvania, Orano, Maine, Sydney, Australia, Burlington, Vermont, Westbury, New York, Detroit, Michigan, Omaha, Nebraska, Kingston, Canada, Morgan Hill, California, Boston, Massachusetts, Marionette, Wisconsin, Newcastle, United Kingdom, and Cordova, Tennessee. Semi-regulars. Dude, I put that comment about Laurel, Mississippi on Instagram, and people were fans. I People... (laughs) Enjoy. <laughs> Apparently, there are a lot of HGTV uh, watchers out there on Instagram because they were like, "Yes, we are like you, and li- we like home renovation shows." Uh, <laughs> fans, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mike, three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. We're gonna do a little previously on the Doc G show. Previously on the Doc G show. Here we go. I love it. Here we go. Yeah, we're keeping consistent, Mike. We are keeping... I love the follow-up. Yeah. We're not (laughs) leaving people hanging anymore. Nope. So, last week, as listeners remember, I'm sure they do, we started by talking a little celebrity gossip, because that's me and Mike's forte. We're just... Mm -hmm. We're all in the deets. That's a fact. Um, And one of the things we talked about was breakups of 2021. And one of those breakups was uh, was Katie Holmes had broken up with uh, Emilio Vitolo Jr. And I was like, that dude's following Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. And you were like, did she go straight from Jamie Foxx to Emilio Vitolo? And I was like, I don't know. Hmm. I think Katie Holmes may be a sidewalk Sally. Wait, what? But you know what? <laughs> I've, I've got to recant my statement, Mike. Jeez. I went back. And according to the folks at uh, at Us Weekly, here's the lineup: Tom Cruise, Jamie Fox, Emilio Vitolo. That's it. Wow. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the sidewalk Sally, Katie. So true. I'm the sidewalk <laughs> Sally. I apologize. I am sorry. So there you go. I mean, she's a pretty, pretty monogamous woman, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Keeping it. Keeping it serious. I mean, she was with Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. for like seven years. She was, wow. she was Jamie Foxx like as long as she was with Tom Cruise. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that's Ugh. our first follow-up. Uh, second follow-up, Mike. I already mentioned this in an Instagram post, but I told you that the producer of Blinding Lights also worked with Backstreet Boys. That's a fact. That producer, mm-hmm. Max Martin. Max Martin. Yeah. Max Martin. Ma- his success over the past 25 years is insane. So true. It 
is just mind-blowing. Are you ready for some mind-blowing numbers here, Mike? Yes. Max Martin has written 25 number one Billboard Hot 100 songs. Jeez. 25. The only two people that have more number one songs than he does, Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Girl, come on! Those are the only two people that have more number one songs than he does. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. On top of that, on top of that, he has produced 23 number one Billboard Hot 100 songs. And that is more than any other producer. Really? Yeah. Even Drake's even Drake's producer? That's right. I would think that no. Drake, wow. He's also been wow. nominated for 22 Grammys and won five. There you go. Wow. Max Martin. Max, if you want to produce the Doc G Show, feel free. You can come in. You can produce it. Work your magic. Mm-hmm. Make us a... I don't know how you'll make our, our radio show a top Billboard 100, <laughs> but make it number one. We'd be excited with that. Um, yeah. Last thing I wanted to update. Now, this was actually from... Uh, I did a little fact check on Oyon. So last week we had Oyon Mukherjee from Darlingside. He was fantastic. We talked about a lot of things in our interview. Um, one of the things that he mentioned in the interview uh, was that uh, he we, we, were, we were talking about the diversity of different areas in the country. And he said, at one point, I think uh, Maine was the whitest state in the country. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's true. So I fact-checked him. And you know what? It's still true. It's still true. Maine is the whitest state in the country. Full of white people, apparently. Do you hmm. do you think you can guess the, the most diverse state? What's the one with the least amount the of white diverse. people? Yep. Least amount of white people, most diversity. States? Yep. Um, oh, this is a good question. Um, man, I immediately wanted to go to New York, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, that's just the city. Yeah. And now I want to say maybe Arizona or New Mexico. Mm, Maybe not Arizona. I feel like it was a trick question because you wouldn't think of this one. Hawaii. Florida. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. Ah. You got such a Samoan population. You got such a Japanese population. Not not many white people hanging around in Hawaii, you know? Most diverse. There you go. There's a little update. Interesting. A little update. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. So there you go, folks. I, I keep you updated. I'm going to follow up. Don't you worry. And I forgot while we were listening to Sam Birchfield earlier to look up who the person was in the Mary Jane video. I'll do it. Don't worry. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, okay, Mike, we got a couple. Uh, this this is another this is another headline that stuck out to me uh, that I just wanted to mention. Uh, have you seen the whole saga about Robert Durst? Hmm. Um, Robert Durst. Yeah. <laughs> What? 
No, no, I don't think so. So apparently so. he uh, this this was a whole. It was one of those like it was one of those weird, sick, twisted stories that everybody had to follow because it was just like some kind of real life drama and everybody. So he killed his wife and then he killed a lady that uh, knew he killed his wife about twenty years ago. Jeez. And he basically had gotten away with it. And then for some reason he went on a documentary in two thousand fifteen and was like, Yeah, I murdered them and they reopened the case and now uh, he's in jail for life. Uh, they sentenced him to jail in life. Um and I'm not too interested in the story because it's very odd and weird and sad and all those things above. But I was more interested in the article's headline uh, of the story that said, quote, Robert Durst sentence to life in best friend's murder, end quote. Hmm. Which, again, this may be semantics and not the important point, but I feel as the editor of the paper, I'd be like, maybe we should put former in front of best friend. Maybe, maybe former best friend. I mean, yeah. best friend's murder seems like a little bit of an oxymoron. Seems <laughs> like something you wouldn't do with a best friend. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's the editor coming out in me, Mike. Just just me. Yeah. Just me. Uh, Mike, this story is a little bit uh, lighter. Um, good news out of India. This past we- Wednesday, they had a scary moment in uh, uh, Jargram, India. In Jargram, India, a leopard got out of the zoo. Hmm. Yeah. Luckily, they found the leopard mm. after searching 13 hours. They were able to tranquilize it. Get it back into the zoo. Nobody was hurt. The The leopard is okay. And uh, I started thinking about this story, Mike, and, and no offense to the zoo, uh, but are they sure they got the right leopard? Like, Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you got leopards roaming around your country anyways. Like... It's kind of like a zoo in Florida losing an alligator and a couple hours later yeah, being right. like, ah, oh, we found him. This is totally him. We, he looked up when we called his name, Albert. We were like, Albert? There he is. I saw him. He looked at us. That's it. Could be a little confusion. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mike. I remembered this time. Do a uh, do a birthday suit before we go to break here. Here we go. Um, all right. Let's do it. Okay. Do you want the politician or the musician? Uh, politician first. Okay, I think you've got this politician. It's going to be very embarrassing if you don't. So just get ready to be embarrassed if you don't get this one. Um, (laughs) All right. Born on October 20th, 1964 in Oakland, California. Her parents were both PhDs. She grew up in Berkeley, California. Her birthday suit wear did well in school and decided to go to Howard University after high school. Uh, she earned a degree in political science and economics and then decided to go to the University of Cal for law school and earned her law degree in 1989. She was hired first as a deputy d- uh, district attorney. In 2004, she became the district attorney of fr- uh, San Francisco. She was then uh, elected as attorney general of California. Then in 2017, she was elected to the U.S. Senate for ca- uh, for California. And then our birthday suit wearer decided to run for president in 2020. 
But eventually, she decided that she was not going to be uh, the nominee, so she decided to go on the ticket with Joe Biden as vice president nominee. On January 20, uh, January 20th, 2021, she became the first female vice president of the United States. Name that birthday suit. Where? Um, oh, my God, Dr. Why Come am on. I not? Come on. You know it. You know it. I honestly... like Starts with a K. When you said... Kamala Harris. There you go. Close enough. Kamala Harris. There you go. Kamala Harris. There it is. Just barely got... I really didn't have that in the beginning. You gave me the K, and then I was like, okay, all right, now... Now that's an unusual letter for a first well, name. Well, a lot me, of so. a lot of people screw up on her name there. So, you know, Kamala Harris, man. Kamala Harris. Yeah, it's uh, uh I was worried there that you wouldn't get it out at all and then we Yeah, you know, I I really stay as far away from politics as possible. You do. Uh, so when you said politician, I was like if it's if it's not somebody really well known, I mean, and she's just be- barely well known <laughs> for me cuz I'm not I'm so far outside. All she is is the politics. vice president. Come on. Yeah. Who kn- you know, but it's a who, very... Who knows it's, that it's person? That's lame. Yeah, you're right. I should know. I Mike should know stays everybody. Mike stays away from politics. He basically stays away from all things that are not burnt ends and coffee. <laughs> okay? Those burnt ends, <laughs> coffee, and electronic music, you better bring your A game or Mike's not going to care. But yeah, I'll give you credit. You had Tom Petty easy. <laughs> You had Tom Petty. The folks here yeah. in Florida respect that. They were like, yeah. way to know Tom Petty. <laughs> nice. The folks of California, not happy that you completely took way too long on Kamala Harris. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I had Ocasio, the Ocasio, the Ocasio Cortez. Uh, Cortez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's new. In my mind, the she's whole New time. York. And, uh, she's New York. And yeah, she's about 20 years younger, too. Um, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, Kamala Harris whatever. turning fifty-seven. Fifty-seven for Kamala. There we go. Happy birthday, Kamala. Good for her. Live it. Happy up. birthday, Kamala. Yes. Kamala. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your birthday. Enjoy. Uh, I mean, as much as you can when you have the stress of the world on top of you. You know, a bit tough. Um, but anyways, enjoy it. We will be right back here on the show with none other than Sam Birchfield. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super lucky to have a great singer-songwriter that just so happens to be coming to Jacksonville next week to the Blue Jay Listening Room on October 29th, Mr. Sam Birchfield. Sam, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Now, the first question I got to ask, because I've been looking at some social media 
Are you cruising down to Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville in the Birchfield bus? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I don't think that far ahead in my logistics. Oh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So we actually just we just got a home. We've Ooh. been living in the bus. Oh. Been living in the bus. And uh, we just got a little place in North Georgia. But wow. I still think... I will probably be in the bus. Okay, because I gotta bring my my pups with me. Yeah, it's e- easier easier travel. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Now, so exactly. you, were you uh, for uh, like what the last year and a half? Were you bussing full time? Was it in the bus full time? It was full time bussing since March. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. March. So yeah. About and half before a year. that, you know, we, yeah, it, it wasn't crazy long, but I mean, we still use it for pretty much all touring unless the logistics call for some other vehicles involved yeah but um yeah it, it was honestly we had a blast it was and we're still using it but we just kind of uh just kind of needed to settle down and found the awesome opportunity to get a spot in jasper georgia so we're up here in jasper now. jasper i know jasper okay all right yeah. No way, you know Jasper. I know Jasper. I, uh, you know, I, I went, I went to co- uh, grad school at USC. My brother went to, uh, went to Atlanta, uh, Georgia Tech. So, the areas of you know northern Georgia uh, and northwestern yeah. South Carolina, I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with because I've been through a lot. So you know, I know, I know your hometown, yeah. Seneca. I've got, I've got the places yeah. down for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm impressed, man. That's a, like not everyone has the familiarity. With well, that y- cool. basically, basically southeast. Give me a give me a place in the southeast. I'll probably know it. But outside of the southeast, I'm definitely not nearly as knowledgeable. It's gonna get worse. Uh, you you give, know that's okay. Give me a place in the 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 Midwest. Hmm. Give me like a Wisconsin place, and I'll be like, what? Who? What? I yeah. have no idea. You know, except for Anoka, Minnesota. Shout out to Anoka. Shout they regularly out. listen to the show. So there you go. Anoka, you go. Minnesota. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, one important question about the bus. Is there a Nintendo 64 on the bus? Oh, man. <laughs> is, is You know, I wish there was. Oh, no, no 64, huh? Because oh. if there was, I'd be spanking some people yes. in it. Yes. Uh, Super Smash Brothers regularly. Yes. Um, but you know, we do have we have the we have the ability to have an N sixty four in there. We do have a power inverter, so like we could we could set up a little TV. We could run it off the battery. Yeah. Run yeah. off the solar power. I think maybe you should. N sixty four in there. I think you. I think you should think about it. I mean, <laughs> now is Smash is your go to though? Smash Brothers. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And okay. honestly, I would even say like my. Nintendo capabilities are almost limited to Super Smash Brothers. Like I'm not even really moderately good at many other games, mm. but Super Smash Brothers 64 specifically, I just I whoop people regularly. I like it. I well, I heard at one point this was a long time ago that I saw in an interview. You said you were you were undefeated in the Southeast. You yeah. were undefeated. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, undefeated. Other than my immediate group of other smashers, oh, so I've okay. got two. Okay. I've got two friends, and we'll sort of trade. You know who can beat who. Um, yeah, the craziest story when we were in in school at University of Georgia, we mm-hmm. had a friend of a friend talking about Super Smash Brothers and who was the best. And he said, "I know this guy, 
this guy's real good. And uh, he was like a football player. He was on house arrest or something. So he was <laughs> like, if you want to play him, you have to drive to his house. <laughs> he can't leave his house. <laughs> and so we drove there at like 1 a.m. or something one night, brought our own controllers and walked in there. And the guy was like talking smack. And uh, I I even beat that guy. So that oh, was man. playing the fan. Yeah. Street cred now <laughs> and super, street, super smash brothers. Smash. I was about to say, that <laughs> sounds like more like a Halloween story, less like a Super Smash. He's under house arrest. Bring your own controllers. <laughs> it's on a, it's on top of a hill, and it's windy all the time, and there's no street lights. Uh, it can get bad real quick. Yeah, man. Now I'm more of a, I'm more of a Mario Kart Bond man. I uh, okay. on 64. I have always been Mario Kart has gone with me from Super Nintendo all the way up to Switch. I celebrate the whole wow. catalog of Mario Kart. I will play any version. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the best at it. Nope. I'll play any version. Right, I right. just. I just enjoy it. Smash Brothers. I'm well, pretty. I'm. I'm pretty horrible. You will beat me at Smash <laughs> Brothers, no doubt. I am not good at Smash Brothers at all. Uh, just it, it's a funny thing to talk smack. It's like it's like my my college days just just holding on to them. I think that's why I talk smack best for Smash. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the one thing I got. You got to You got to have something, man. You got to have something, yeah, man. Now, so uh, outside of so now you're in Jasper, but uh, like I mentioned earlier, you grew up down the road there, down 85 uh, in Seneca, South Carolina, and that's right. For, right. for folks that are unaware, unaware, we are talking northwest corner of the Palmetto State. Yes! So it's, uh, you know, pretty close to Clemson. Now, I've got to ask, I know you haven't lived there for a while, but if I ask you, if I were to say, hey, I'm driving through Seneca and I know it's going to be lunchtime when I drive through, where should I eat in Seneca? Is there a spot? Hmm. Is there a go-to spot in Seneca? Well, one of the stables has just been there for forever, and uh, Ye Old Sandwich Shop. Mm. Uh, it's just solid. I mean, like, there's nothing. And I got to shout out to Los Amigos, the local there we uh, go. Mexican restaurant. There it is. Because I have some some friends that uh, a friend's family that kind of has been running that, and I think they opened a new location. Like they, but I used to be like, you know, high school. Nice. Like, go for a, a special special night out. Get a Los Amigos. I like it. Amigos. I like it. Yeah, it was. It's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, but there's. I mean, honestly, man, Seneca's starting to have some. It's starting to blow up. It's got uh, Kiwi Brewing. Mm. It's got like a brewery. Never yeah. had anything like that before. There you go. Um, Getting some new spots. It's becoming a destination. But yeah. I'm I'm going Ye Old Sandwich Shop and then Los Amigos. Those are the ones I'm going with, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll give it. A, I'll. I'll report back. I don't know when I'm going to Seneca, <laughs> but I'll report back for sure. Now, <laughs> I heard growing up in Seneca, the first dream wasn't music. The first dream was professional Lego builder. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you are you're digging through some, some <laughs> intel here, and I appreciate it. I do. I do yeah, my man. research. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Man, I. Uh, you know, like growing up, I played a little bit of basketball. My mm. dad was a big golfer, so I played some golf. But like Legos was my diehard passion. I had a I had a buddy that would come over. Like we'd have just Lego nights. And nice. We'd just, like tear everything out and like build just an insane you know world 
of Legos. Now, what and, was your uh, style? What was your favorite go-to? Castle, space, pirate? What? <laughs> Man, I I would say I kept it pretty old school. Like I I kept it more like in the the castle pirate, mm. you know, nice uh, world. But I and like there was some there was like an Indiana Jones. Uh, spinoff. I think it was like Doctor Thunder. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had some of that. Nice. Um, but I definitely delved into the Star Wars. I mean, you had to get Star Wars stuff. So, like, I was definitely. Then. Yeah, I definitely had some of that modern stuff too. But, I, like I mean, it. I man, I I have an absurd amount of Legos. Honestly, there's it's so you know we just got this house. My wife and I and like getting moved in, and um, <laughs> the one thing that I have not moved into my house because this takes us so much the Legos. space is the Legos. <laughs> <laughs> you got like 17 I mean, tubs that you're like, oh man. It's, it's something like that, man. It's 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 definitely like half a dozen tubs nice. of Legos, just like raw Lego plastic. Now, I don't, I, I don't want to get you too excited, and I don't know if you've seen this, but they just announced the largest Lego set ever that they're going to release. Yeah, an actual really? set. Yeah, they announced a 9,090-piece Titanic set. It's it's oh, a wow. 200th-to-scale, 200th-scale of the ship. And Holy. So how big does that come out to? Like, I that th- fit I, in a Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's, like, about six feet long. I think that's about how... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you can, like, actually, you can take it apart and see, like, the different, you know, different chambers inside and everything like it actually builds up yeah it's pretty wild man it's uh i think it's six six hundred and seventy dollars or something like that it's got a price tag on it it's uh yeah and and i found it really surprising to me it's made for ages 18 and up Hmm. so you you fit the age range so like i mean there we go this is this is for old timers. This isn't for young bucks that are getting into Legos. This is for the real deal. I'm gonna be up until like, four in the morning working on this thing. This is it's some serious stuff, man. I it's, yeah. you know it's funny. I just I just bought my nephew uh, his first Lego set nice. for his fifth birthday. Very nice. Very nice. What 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 did you go with there? I'm guessing something pretty simple for five. That's yeah. It, well, he's pretty like. He's a smart dude, uh, so I did. It was probably a little beyond. Like it took him a second to like give him a little bit. That he, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was just some Star Wars. That he's, he loves the Star Wars. Stuff nice already. Nice. So yeah, well, he got a lot of new movies out there nowadays. I mean, you know, you got all the all Disney just going bananas with with Star Wars. So yeah, I, you know, I kind of wish they would have just capped it. I wish they would have would have uh, let it be the original stuff. You know. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, so I know listeners are already offended by this, but I have not seen, <laughs> I have not seen the, uh, the most recent, the, the Disney things I've seen, I've seen, you know, the prequels, I've seen the original, I haven't seen any of the ones after that. And I wasn't a huge fan of the prequels. I was like, meh, meh. And yeah. the, but then everybody told me about the Disney. They're like, oh, it's amazing. You've got to see it. And I was like, ah, I'll get around to it in like 20 years. Don't worry. I'll get there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I think you can wait, man. I, I'm not, like, crazy about them. I, I might get some flack from your listeners, too, yeah. on this. But, like, I, I think 
I think I like the I almost like the prequels better mm. than the new Disney stuff, which mm. I, I you know growing mm. up it was always like yeah everyone sort of bad the prequels like yeah. they were horrible and Jar Jar Binks mm-hmm. annoying guy. But I got to the point where I was like ah, I kind of <laughs> I don't know I like I like the story see I like the story of the original yeah the three and then the prequel because it's that's like the full Darth Vader yeah you know story that, that's so what, then to come out with a new one mm-hmm. you're opening up a whole bag of like yeah wait so what about all that other stuff yeah mm-hmm. but I, I digress i've heard <laughs> i've heard the same thing i've heard the same thing well anyways we got sidetracked on star wars but apparently <laughs> you didn't become a professional lego builder but don't worry you still can with this titanic set but you went on to music, and, and I heard around 11 years old you got a guitar, and I heard it was sort of finger jockey when you first got it. You were all over, you know, Steve Vai, Van Halen, Joe Satriani, all the big guitarists. Um, how, how obsessed were you with guitar when you first started? Were you, the, were you the weird guitar kid in school, the guy that just went home and practiced five hours? Was that you? Uh, I would say so, yeah. And then, and I owe some, my guitar teacher was the one that turned me on to all these, you know, crazy guitar guys because he yeah. was he was that guy. He was all about the instrumental, like mm-hmm. crazy technique stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I did it for a little bit and you know tried my best. And but I, yeah, I was I was just I would yeah I would go home and he would give me like a some piece of music that was. Just way, I, I, you know, he'd play it and it was way too hard. Mm-hmm. He'd play it and I would just be like jaw dropped, like there's no way I'm gonna learn this. And, but then I just, ha- I guess I'm just sort of competitive slash achiever guy, whatever. And I'd go home and I'd just play it like incessantly. Nice. Um, until I learned it. So yeah, I mean, I I was really into the just the guitar and learning this sort of new thing. I'd never done anything like that before growing up yeah and then um and then when i got into songwriting which is just because basically we started a little garage band it was like three guitarists and a drummer <laughs> nobody <laughs> no need for bass no need for vocals no need for bass that's <laughs> ridiculous just guitar so, on guitar yeah too many way too many and so we just basically I was like, well, I can write a song and I'll try to sing. I don't sing, but I'll make something up. <laughs> and I got hooked on that too. I, I, and honestly, I relate it in a weird way to the Lego thing, to, to segue. It's like something about songwriting building and, the and building Legos. Yeah. You, especially when you take the Legos and just dump out a whole band. You're not building a set, but you just like, it's just building freestyle. Blocks. You yeah. You're freestyle, just creative flowing. You're just like, I'm making a freaking castle. It's going to be as big as I can make it. I'm going to have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think in songwriting, it, it, a little bit is taking these raw blocks of inspiration mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And you're just sort of like grabbing them out of the air and, and building this thing and, you know, that didn't exist before. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, yeah, I, I love it. Nice. Nice. Now the band you were in, uh, Kelly Sparks, the fuse. Yeah! Is, oh, you know that? What? That's that's <laughs> now I will say I did wow. I, I did a little digging. The MySpace page is still up, by the Sweet. way. It's still oh, up. <laughs> the MySpace page is still up. I can't I couldn't access the music 
which was sad okay. because I know they Good. I know I know they 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 had that whole deal a couple of uh a couple of years ago where like basically they lost the whole library of MySpace. So all I could see was the names of the songs. But you still got a couple of pictures <laughs> up there. You still got a couple Kelly Sparks the Fuse pictures on there. So just so you know, if you want to go check out, go down memory lane yourself. It's still there. Oh my gosh, yeah. Now, now after the the first band experience, uh, once you started getting into that songwriting, who who inspired you songwriting? You know, as far as inspirations for songwriting, who were the big first inspirations? The first inspirations, gosh, we're thinking like. The, the early thousands here. I yeah. I, I, I want to say, I mean, I was in, there was like the singer songwriter guy buzz and like the, the Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. John Mayer, mm-hmm. Ron Payne, mm-hmm. uh, all the J's, you know? Yeah. Um, I was definitely into that because that's just what was happening. Yeah. Uh, I remember digging Jack Johnson because like I didn't have much of a range and his stuff is like all within like a couple of notes. So I yeah. always, Mm-hmm. I can always sing whatever the key his stuff was in, and and I dug like his lyrical play and the way his uh, lyrics sort of the flow, I guess, of his words. I, mm-hmm. I really dug. Nice. Um, and, and you know, my sisters were a lot cooler than I was, and had a lot cooler music. They would, you know, more of the indie stuff. My big sister would show me um, that was that was happening during that that time, uh, and then my other sister would. She was into the old school stuff, so she was a huge Dylan fan, which nice. I was the amazing yeah. songwriter of our time. And uh, you know, I came around late to his stuff because I always was like, I don't want to like, it's I don't old. like his voice. He sounds like a frog. I don't need him. That's yeah. lame. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit to appreciate Dylan. Uh, you know, I, I, you you've got you got to dig deeper to see the see the poetry and see the actual song creation. And if you don't have appreciation yeah. for that, the the voice definitely isn't going to win you over. It's not Aretha Franklin yeah. going that you're going. Oh man, wow. You know, yeah. And this is middle. This is like middle school me or high school me. Like, yeah. Lame. And this is, you know, we're all wearing vans at this time. There's nice. like the, the skate stuff. The skate stuff is big. And yeah. So we're just like, would rather. I mean, I was doing that, that singer songwriter stuff I was into, but other than that, there's just a lot of rock, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so after high school, you, you went to the University of Georgia. Uh, and you went for, I mean, it's, it seems pretty usable degree for you because you did music business and public relations. And, uh, I mean, I know, you know, I've heard you talk about it before in the past. I know like when looking at potential deals you could have had later on in your career, it definitely helped there. But would you say, I mean, looking back on it, your major, do you think it's, it's helped you a lot as, you know, in your music career? Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> music business stuff, definitely. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that was sort of like a certificate program that I did extra because I was interested in it. Nice. They didn't have the option of, of majoring in anything like that. Mm. Um, but the David Barbie, who runs that program, just amazing. He's in with like the drive-by truckers and that whole crew and just always was plugging us into what's going on in the music biz and, and the actual town of Athens, like connecting us to um, the venues and, and, and how it all works. Yeah. That was invaluable, like by, by far. 
Um, the public relations stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Maybe, I, maybe I use it, but I, don't, I just don't think of that as. Even when I was in class for it, I, I didn't even. I thought it was just kind of common sense stuff. I didn't think it was. I don't know. I could see music business being much more of a connection. Yeah, and that was. He was he was the he was the one that told you uh, not to have a fallback because if you have a fallback you'll fall back. Exactly. And what what a what daring advice to give to these college kids because that's probably why they're at college. Want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's the fallback right there. I thought of that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Hey, they're in they're in college. That's a bit of a fallback right there. They already went down that lane. But uh yeah, I yeah. mean it's definitely true. Yeah, I mean that one that really just stuck with me and I it was funny cuz you're right. That was that was my fallback cuz I knew without a doubt I was wanting to get music from the get-go. Yeah. Like there was no um you know hesitation. It's just how do I go about it? What does it look like? You know, my parents wanted me to go school so could i find a way to, to go somewhere where you know music you can get a part done. of it yeah 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 nice nice well now i don't know if you know this uh i don't know if you planned this or not but your school university of georgia will be playing the university of florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party right here in jacksonville <laughs> the day after you play here on the 30th <laughs> Was that a coincidence, Sam? You know, honestly, it yes, it was a coincidence. Uh, if that's a coincidence, you better just hang down here for another day, man. Because I mean, you know, I got nothing on the books, man. That that Saturday is I got yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna be hanging out, and I. There's, if any listeners have tickets they want to throw to an alum. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a better day. I don't know, you know, like I feel like. The the Florida Georgia game is is like Christmas two in Jacksonville. It just everything in the city sort of stops. You can be twenty miles away from the stadium and people are tailgating and you're like, What? The here? And they're like, Yes, that's right. And you're like, We're in Orange Park. We're twenty five miles away. Yeah, it's fine. This is as close as we can get. We're good. It's uh, it's gonna, and I mean, Georgia is number one right now. They're number one. Yeah, man. That's I don't know. I mean, you guys. I feel like since Herschel Walker, number one is a little bit of a big burden for you guys to carry. I mean, no offense, but you guys, you don't have the the experience that like Alabama has with number one. It's uh, yeah, we don't have a good we don't have a good track record as, as number one. And I honestly, it's funny, my buddy, because I've most of the time, I'm playing shows on the weekends until I get caught up on the game. Yeah. So my buddy was texting me like, hey, you know, we're number one. And I said, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> a like lot of... Underdog. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure being number one. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Is Alabama's done it so long, they're just used to it. It's like, yeah, okay. But, like, another person yeah. gets to number one, and they're like, what do we do? How do we act? I don't know what what is this. Yeah. We're, this is weird. Like, oh man, so Kirby's got to keep it going. Keep it going, Curry. No. Keep it going. I hope. I hope so. I mean, it, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I got to knock on wood like crazy here. <laughs> you know, we've seen too many. We've seen too many almost there 
moments in the past. Yes, you know, there has been a lot of those in Georgia, uh, Georgia scenarios. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, well, we're hopeful. We're hopeful, and I'll, I'll be around probably for that game. And honestly, the the world's largest cocktail party that was that was when I really sealed my. So this is a, a rare a rare fact <laughs> is that I grew up. A Florida Gator. Oh, say what? I, I know, I know. Ooh, my parents both. <laughs> my parents both went there, and so I really sealed my my dogness mm. when I went freshman year. I went down there with my roommate. My parents went down there. You know, we're all like going to this game, decked out in Gator and it gear. Was, it was no, no. I'm not in Gator gear, I'm but in, they I'm, are. I'm dogged out of this point. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And uh, that was, if I remember correctly, the first year was when Chris Leak was there. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he, it was his last year, I believe. And he, they went into overtime. And he, they won. Like, he threw some epic pass. Yeah. And beat us. Yeah. And it was, it was like that defeat made me really feel like a bulldog <laughs> now now were you did you become a bulldog fan just basically to antagonize your parents was that the the deal there was that no i mean it really it was just athens it, just closer kind of yeah it well it's just the music on it was the music scene of athens that drew me to to go there and i i did you know growing up i was super into to college football just being a gator and SEC and everything. Growing up near Clemson too. Yeah. Um, you you so you were cool there before go. before Dabo was around. So you were used to the yeah. old the old term of Clemsoning back in the day. You were you were <laughs> used to Bobby Bowden's son just failing right when they got to a, a big game. Yeah, that was yeah that, that was much <laughs> less annoying than the good Dabo of dominating. That was uh, as a U as a USC man. That was much less annoying there with that. Uh, <laughs> well, at least for your parents, you didn't go to Florida State. At least that was at least you avoided that one. I'll give you that what? one of probably crushed their spirits completely if that would have happened. 100%, yeah. <laughs> well, so now when you were at Georgia, one of the big turnarounds in the music career, uh, your first album, Where to Run, it really wouldn't have came out, at least in the fashion that it did come out, if you wouldn't have gone into a competition at school. There was a competition, Campus Superstar, where you won $5,000, and basically you were like, I'm putting all of this into this album. What, yeah. what kind of competition was this Campus Superstar? Was this like a live deal? Was this a submission where you, you, you submitted a song? What did you do for it? Oh, man. You are digging through the whole story here. So I... Um, it was through, I think, the music business program that I was in. Somebody, you know, came to class or something and was telling, like, hey, they're looking for students to do this thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you did... So you did, like, an audition and then they put like 10 people in this big show basically mm -hmm. and then the audience votes mm. uh votes for it and kind of each do like a song but then everybody sang some songs together it was mm. you know it was it was a little weird not something i'm used to because i'm more of a solo like a, yeah yeah like a songwriter player and not like a guy that just sings yeah but i man it just the cards were in my favor that that night and uh yeah that that really set me off on 
on making this this initial record like having the funds to do it yeah you know professionally with some people and and uh make it happen nice nice now um before you released where you where uh where to run you did try out for American Idol, and don't worry, we're not going to have to go down the story. Uh, <laughs> you, Good. you got you got a golden ticket for American Idol. You decided to turn down their contract and finish your album instead. You felt like that was more important. And uh, now you obviously seem happy about turning down American Idol. We've had some folks on the show that have gone through American Idol, done the actual competition stuff, been happy with it as well. Um when you turned it down, you know, you've said you wouldn't met your wife, you wouldn't have the career you do now. Like, do you get tired of being associated with it? Because I feel like, you know, like, yeah, I tried out for the show seven years ago. Who gives a f- talking about it? Because, like, it's one of those things that it seems like it keeps, like, it's just there. And I know I brought it up again, but, like... I like are are you are do you set like man I just shouldn't even try it out for it then I wouldn't even have to talk about it uh to a certain degree I mean you nailed it with the like man I wish this thing wasn't still haunting me almost yeah you know this many years afterwards yeah but they just have such a big I mean it's a, it's a huge machine so they, mm-hmm. they you can't fight the the Google ability of of, of American Idol with, with stuff yeah. um <clears throat> yeah you know it's I don't, I've no regrets. I've no regrets doing it, um, and no regrets turns down. Just led me to where I am now. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, now, so on the Where to Where to Run album, uh, here tonight is your most popular song on Spotify. Although mm-hmm. Strawberry Blonde is gaining fast. That's uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, hot on the heels there. Um, I've there heard you I've heard you uh, mention that it took a, a little bit for here tonight to really start gaining momentum to gain that popularity did did the popularity for here tonight seem to like come out of nowhere was it one of those things that like you're sitting there and all of a sudden it was like hey pot what why is this going up what's going on here yeah i um you know i couldn't tell you why it happened or even when this this far away from it but it did just seem to come out of nowhere as sort of organically i guess Mm -hmm. um you know i was just i was just trying to play as many shows as i could coming out of college and and just i don't know that song i think resonated with a lot of people and just kind of kind of did its thing now did you find yourself because i ask this question a lot but like when you were writing unarmored and you were writing graveyard flower did you find yourself trying to find like some similar vein to hit as here tonight because like i feel like i've told a lot of guests this i would start to obsess on that number and be like why why is it doing better than the others is there something i can do (laughs) was it something here in this song like did you find yourself trying to like you know recreate something in there or were you just like cool that's it let's move on to the next songs yeah i definitely just moved on i would say um and and honestly like i you know, I sort of believe that there's always people asking me sometimes because I've been very lucky to have some success with, you know, the online streaming stuff. And people are always asking me, other artists, um, you know, how do you how do you get that growth and numbers and all this stuff? And, um, you know, I don't have some magical thing, but I, I just think 
if you keep putting out better and better songs, they will be heard eventually. And focusing on that as opposed to, you know, trying to find the next gimmick or thing that'll work. Uh, I do think that Here Tonight is probably the best song off of that first record. So it makes sense that eventually it did, mm-hmm. you know, get the attention that it deserved. And um, I think other records, similar things that happened were the ones that really, you know, if I take a step back and think about the song itself, not the recording or the this or that. Just the breakdown, uh, the song, yeah. Yeah, the songs seem to just kind of like rise to the, to the top, the ones that are mm-hmm. just better and more resonant and true and all of that mm-hmm. um and i think for the yeah for unarmored for unarmored i was i think i was still f- trying to find myself as an artist and i i just did a lot of different things if you listen to that record i mean there's a horn section in it there's some folk songs there's some funky stuff there's it it kind of just runs taste around. and flavors yeah yeah and so graveyard flower i'm personally i'm much happier with because i you know I think I had a, a better idea of my own identity mm-hmm. and my artistic identity. And I was making the record, um, sort of asking a question and thematically about, um, our connection to nature and to each other and, uh, how to, how to really talk about some things that I really cared about. And uh, so that record, and that was partially from honestly, uh, I think my wife had a big part in that just as she's an amazing artist as well. And, yeah. and her artistry, I think was really helpful for me to realize instead of just trying to like whatever I was doing with unarmored and just trying to make it be good and, and Oh, I should have to be good and have lots of different sounds and just impressive yeah, or whatever I thought. Uh, Graveyard flower is much more of a, a creative artistic, uh, journey and process. Nice. Um, yeah. 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 Well, now uh, I, I want to go into that process a little bit here, but uh, I did, I did like I heard you explain sort of you you were talking about the money part of streaming, and you sort of basically summed it up like I don't know, seem to be getting a pretty good amount of money per stream. I really don't have an idea. I don't know what they're coming up with numbers over there. Nope. I mean. <laughs> It seems a little confusing the way Spotify, they could be giving you good money, they could be screwing you. Who knows what they're doing over there as far as streams. I mean, is it still, I mean, it looks like you're doing pretty well as far as streaming numbers. Is it, I mean, it's, it, was it significant enough during the, the pandemic to sort of keep you going as far as an artist? It definitely helped. It, it's huge, uh, you know, supplemental, yeah. you know income month monthly income that i'm you know counting on to uh to cover a lot of my, my main expenses for sure and um the thing i say about spotify is yes per stream it's some ridiculously small amount yeah um and, and it's you know it's a little scary to have any company be in such control of the, the music scene and and as they sort of sometimes change how they pay or like you're saying yeah <laughs> maybe they just want to have a pay this guy or not this guy or whatever i don't know how all that stuff goes but i i do know that if someone bought my song on itunes uh you know the old school itunes 99 cent a song you get one one bop and that's it yeah and you get it on one time and let's say they listen to that song a million times because they're obsessed they just like can't get enough of that mm-hmm. song 
you still only see that one time yeah. and nobody knows that they're listening to it. So the thing I like about Spotify or just the streaming world, um, you know, you can't deny people can find music anyway. So you might as well have it where they're keeping track of it. And you know, when people listen to yeah. a song like here tonight, a lot of times, um, and it's the social element of, Hey, so-and-so like Larry was listening to, this song a ton i should check out that song mm -hmm. listen to it a million times mm -hmm. um so for me like that's us been beneficial it's definitely helped people find my music that otherwise wouldn't have which i'm also appreciative of There's... if you if you're gonna have to have to have a way to have music out i'm a fan of it it's... as much as i need to be <laughs> it's 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 like you said I, I you know and i i definitely agree with this i heard i heard you talk about it and i've talked about it with a couple of other artists on the show but it's it, it allows for a lot of mid-tier artists that you wouldn't probably have if you didn't have streaming because it's so much easier exactly. of a threshold to get into but it's just as hard or harder to reach that amazing level that you know just millions and millions and millions and millions of streams you know you right. you only have a couple of weekends dua lipas and justin bieber's that are doing 65 million streams uh monthly listeners so it's yeah. uh but you got a a whole bunch more people that are in the 200 to 800,000 monthly listeners and that's like you said that's enough to to at least uh, supplement a good chunk and actually be worthwhile as far as doing it. Whereas if you tried to put out albums like that, no way. No way. Right. Yeah. And it's just weird. It's, you know, it's like you wish you could have, you know, like radio mega success like those people. But it's something about the Spotify thing, the nice thing about it is, like you said, it gives it, it gives the power sort of back to the, the musicians the in a lot of ways yeah. mm -hmm. you can have those middle oh yeah the listener that's that's actually yeah they can kind of find the people they like mm -hmm. and if it's good i think it'll get heard is, is really what i believe you know well i mean that's the thing is it cuts out it cuts out the middleman the the the, the all right. the, the the controllers of the music and and whether it's big time managers or big time uh fm stations things like that you know we're on radio right. right now, but we're not one of those big stations. It's fine. Nope. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now, uh, I wanted to talk about the album there as far as Graveyard Flower because, so you, you put out this album in, in 2020 and like you literally put it out like two weeks before the pandemic hit full force. Oh. So like, let's, <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. That had to suck. Like, I mean, you yeah. put out this great album, you're building up to it, you're super excited, and like any artist, you want to go and tour it. You want to show it around, and all of a sudden, boom, we can't we can't go on any tours at all. What was that like? Gosh, yeah, I mean, it sucked. There was no way around it. It sucked. And, um, yeah, we were on a release tour for it really early March, and it got to the point where just things were just dropping at, at while we were on tour shows were getting canceled. So we just did our, you know, the last show that wasn't canceled and, and went back to Atlanta and did our final one there. Um, and just, so yeah, it, 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 it took some wind out of the sails. Mm -hmm. It, uh, but you know, 
I mean, we all went through this crazy pandemic year and um, you know, I don't want to complain too much about it. It's like I I do feel like people still got to hear my record a lot thanks to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least we had one way to, to get the music out to people and we got creative with, you know, doing live streams or just finding ways to to keep it going but it was, it was definitely a bummer <laughs> i i do feel like you know it was sort of fortuitous as far as the the pandemic it, like you mentioned before there was this journey with nature this this finding of nature and i felt like it was sort of the perfect accompaniment to the pandemic in a way since we really couldn't be with each other we were all with nature and like that was the idea there that you were describing as far as it, like, and I think a lot of us were sort of able to detach from that quick clock that we all think about as far as staying on time, thanks to the pandemic, at least in the early months of it. Yeah. I mean, I, for, for sure. I think it was the, the record, like weirdly, ironically or whatever did coincide uh, with what's going on like i said it was you know it was about reconnecting to nature and each other and yeah. and in one way there was all this divisiveness you know happening in the past still happening but the past couple of years uh, through the pandemic yeah and and then at the same time there was a lot of like it was cool early on i think everyone was was thrilled to see some of the stuff people posted about like like oh the water's cleaner and mm-hmm. like oh there's you know there's dolphins returning to wherever it just things about nature reclaiming itself yeah um, and then like you said like us uh, you, you put it put it well just us you know reconnecting to nature because mm-hmm. we couldn't really do anything else yeah. Um, yeah yeah i think it was a good soundtrack uh now i heard that was your first because you, you mentioned it before when your original album where to run you 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 had studio time and whatnot. You were working with professionals, but this one you did recording at home, right? Yeah. So I, the first half, I should say, it was still you know pretty DIY. But me and well, my buddy Zach Wells, we just were in his apartment, and because I wanted him to be there, uh, we had been longtime musical buds, and mm-hmm. he moved to Texas. So we, you know, that was that was before that before I knew it was going to be a record, I guess. And we did these five songs and. I was so pumped about it. I went home and said, well, I think I could do this on my own. I mean, you know, we really use just this one little interface that I have. And, yeah. You know, it was awesome having Zach there, but I, I think I could do, you know, some more. So I finished the second half of the record, uh, just, yeah, in, in our little house and uh, was, was thrilled about it. It was a cool experience to have the control to really see the vision through, yeah. you know? Yeah, the time, the creativity to set there, and you're not working on a clock going, oh, man, got this much time. Oh, man, got to get this finished. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And and just, the, yeah, the cost when you, I mean, you know, I, someday I'll go back to a big studio. Great. But uh, it is expensive, and if you don't have a big, like, record label budget to block off, like, hey, take the month of October and go record a record bring your whole group uh, pay for everybody we'll put you in the condos (laughs) yeah that'd be nice yeah that'd be nice man that'd be nice but you know so it's yeah it was cool to be able to do that with with all the technology there is nowadays um now i'm really happy with it now when you got started playing these songs once you actually got back out there uh you know over the last couple of months 
and you got to start showing Graveyard Flower off to people live. Which was one of the first songs you were you were most excited to share with people off of the album that you were like, this one's going to be good live. I want to do this live. Man, uh, honestly, the, this record, I think out of all my records, has just some really good feeling songs live. And people really, like, I noticed people really resonate with, with the lyrics a lot. So, like, there's a lot of people singing along and, and there's a couple more, you know, upbeat songs that are fun. Last of the Honeybees has been a super fun one live mm. uh, just because, you know, the recording, it's a little, the end kind of gets pretty wild on the recording, but it's pretty tame. But when we have the full band playing and we're live, there's just kind of this kick drum going and people kind of start to want to move and, mm -hmm. and clap and, and sing along. And I it's definitely had some fun moments with it. I love the little guitar runs in it. It's uh the nice the nice yeah. little like gives gives an effect of a dancing bee. You get the you get the yeah. feeling of the of the bee showing showing the other bees where to go. Like I just I, that's what that's what I hear in it. Yeah, I dig, I dig. It's nice. It's nice. Well uh now as as far as you know, during the pandemic, obviously you, you had I mean, the album was out and I know you were writing uh, some things, because I heard you talk about you wrote When We Get Through. It was like an advertisement pitch, and then you just ended up liking yeah. it, and you were like, you know what? Let's <laughs> just go with this. How was, yeah. how was writing overall during the pandemic? Did you find it harder, easier, about the same to write? You know, I uh, I would say my wife and I stayed really creative and busy during, during the pandemic. I will say I, I took a lot of time especially the summer of the pandemic to work on the bus. Mm, <laughs> mm. You know, once we had all that time, I, it's something I really wanted to finish. Um, but I certainly, we just had, it's like you said earlier, there was so much space and time to think about things and mm -hmm. process things. Mm -hmm. And which I think is good for creativity and music. And a lot of times, honestly, everyone, but I think even musicians and artists, we get caught up in this, this grind and this sort of wheel of just the next thing and the next thing. And, and we don't think so much about living our lives and, mm -hmm. and taking some space to sit and watch the sunset or taking some space to, uh, not do anything and not yeah. be productive all the time. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a, I can be a bit of a workaholic and like productivity guy, even with my art, which, it's sort of stifling to art, I think. And oh, yeah. Yeah, so the pandemic, I think, opened up this sort of window to just looking at things differently and, and reprioritizing things even as well, um, which ultimately led to us living in the school bus because we thought, you know, we've been working on it, but we, we got to the point of, man, this has been so nice having all this time and space, and, um, you know, we, we can't necessarily afford to just pay rent and keep doing this but yeah. if we move into the bus we can kind of have some adventure in time and space and you know maybe save a little money while we're at it and you know it just it just puts things in perspective i think this past couple years and I, I, my hope for people coming out of it is um one i hope we come out of it fully because i know there's still like there's there's some hanging on and, for sure yeah yeah it's hanging on but um it, is that people would really truly take the lessons that we all learn i think um and apply them and and not just immediately jump back into the productivity wheel and oh i gotta work 
extra time so I can mm-hmm. do this and just grow, grow, grow. And, you know, I'm just going to keep keep making my house bigger and bigger and bigger. And Enjoy the here everything. and now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, now let's talk about the here and now. Uh, your newest single uh, coming out or came out this past Friday uh, titled Willow Dream. With the uh, cover art. Willow Tree. Willow Tree, sorry. It's Willow Tree. <laughs> You're good. My, I don't know why Dream is written down in my notes. I have no idea. Willow Tree with the uh, cover artwork and the overall sort of feel. It has a very dreamy feel. Maybe that's why I put it down there. It does have yeah, a... Yeah, and honestly, it has the word... Uh, in one of the premises, it has reverie, you know, which is dream. Mm-hmm. It is very dreamlike, yeah. Well, tell me how uh, how how the song Willow Tree came about. Yeah, I mean, I think I was I was coming off of the, the graveyard flowers stuff and the thematic, you know, nature connection. And um, I don't know, the song, it just kind of came out and it, it's sort of, it's about resting in nature i guess like resting and being okay with, with the sadness and being okay with the yeah, almost like this like daydream moment of being held uh by nature and, sort of what the willow tree uh, does as far as it's aesthetic yeah. is what it looks like yeah right, right the willow tree i think symbolic a lot of times of that it's like the you know mother willow and mm-hmm. like this sort of um like sheltering um mm-hmm. force it's yes yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a a somber love song i guess about being held and and, and comforted um to me it, by the person you love but also nature it's got a little bit of a to me it's got a little bit of a, a 70s uh 70s dream feel when i that that's i you know i get this like uh i don't know gordon lightfootish earlier fleetwood mackish sort of feel to some of the, like the the chorus vibes to it i like it i definitely I can, like it yeah <laughs> i can dig that yeah i mean the as the song picks up it gets a little more um retro a little more i want to say psychedelic but it just kind of gets into space where you're just kind of floating in some mm-hmm. some like guitar stuff music and, stew and, yeah yeah the music stew <laughs> yeah yeah well Last uh, question. Are you going to play Willow Tree at the Blue Jay on the 29th? Oh, I sure will. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. There you have it, folks. He's going to play it. You need to hear it. You need to be there. Yes! Uh, Sam, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I guess I guess go dogs, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Gator fans are not going to be happy with you for that. Your, your parents are not going to be happy for you for that. <laughs> But listeners, you no, can, thanks, thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course. Listeners, you can check out all things Sam at sambirchfield.com. You can follow him on social media at Sam Birchfield. Right now, let's take a listen to that newest single, Willow Tree, right here on the Doc G Show. Under the smoke and the air 
outside my mind on an open branch, dreaming of falling down fast, but I hold on tight, if you hold on tight, and we can To be far, far away from the concrete deceiver Floating on oceans of blue My only regret is not coming here sooner To be alone with And we can The Doc A G A Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM. You've just heard Sam Birchfield with his most recent single, Willow Tree. 
Don't know why at the end of the interview I wanted to call it Willow Dream. I just renamed his song <laughs> and was like, Willow Dream, that's it. You know, I mean, it's almost like if I were to forget the vice president's name or something. Be embarrassing, uh, you know? Good yeah. Lord. Anyways. <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> uh, Mike, I'm guessing you've never went through Seneca. for. Well, I mean, you might have drove through for a show, but mm. I don't think Seneca has any venues for comedy in Seneca, no. South Carolina. But I don't think so. We now know if you're going through, you need to hit up yield sandwich so true and i'm gonna tell him uh i looked at pictures of the yield sandwich shop it looks pretty old so <laughs> the name fits the name definitely fits mike were you were you into legos as a young buck were you a lego uh no not really no not lego no what was your go-to gi joe's gi joe's nice yeah gi joe's uh you know, G. Teenage Mutant Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Um, those, are, those are my like favorite. Figurines. I did, yeah. I did love some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. Teenage mm -hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Wow. Loved it. Nice. Loved I mean, Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Oh, yeah. He's a party dude. Teenage Girl, come on. I could go into it all day. All day. Yeah. Don't get me down in that circle. I mean, good lord. <laughs> Bebop, Rocksteady, Splinter, Shredder. Oh, yeah. I had them all. I was also I had the uh hmm? I had the Technodrome. Nice. I that did my, too. With the little like eyeball on the top <laughs> deal. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Nice man. Nice. I also had the uh, turtle. Wagon, I think they called it, or something like that. Mm. You know, is is the bus they drove around in? Yeah, the bus. Yeah, that was. No, I had that as well. I was in. I had way too many toys. I had. I was way too of a of a, a, a pampered toy kid. I had a bunch of toys. I had. That's awesome. I had Legos. I had Joes. I had. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Man. Oh man. Did I have it? Nice. Had some Lego building sessions with my brother. Oh my! Get out of town. Get out of town. You can you can get yourself lost in a good Lego build. You can. Oh yeah. You can turn into like just like a, a city city planner, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be such. But then it's a little bit of a downer <laughs> when you realize it's not real. You know. I mean, as a kid, it's easy to block that out. The older you get, it's harder mm -hmm. to block out. You finish your yeah. city and you're like, well, this is imaginary. Yeah. Come on. Why can't this be a real city? Ah. <laughs> Anyways, Sam, uh, I am going to buy you the Titanic uh, Lego set. It's going to happen. I just need to find $600 to pay for it. But when I do, Titanic's coming your way, Sam. Yeah. It's That's cool. I read about that. It's nine like two hundredths, yeah, of uh, the scale of the Titanic. Yeah, nine thousand ninety pieces. Nine thousand ninety. I mean, that's a couple nights right there. You're spending a couple <laughs> nights on that one. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we could get one and put it in here in the studio. I don't know if anybody. I I feel like it might weird people out when they came in. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Why do you have that? Because it's awesome. Yes! I've debated mm-hmm. wasting a lot of money on dumb things for the show. True fact, Mike, I think I told you about the segment we used to have on the show. Uh, uh, Millard still exists. Did I tell you about the segment Millard still exists? Mm. No, I don't think. What is that? Uh, that we had a we had a president named Millard Fillmore, um, and I just thought he always had the goofiest name, and he always got basically the president because he was Millard Fillmore. And uh, I started wondering, does anybody actually have the name Millard still? Are there Millards out there? And do they go by the nickname Mildo? Is that their nickname? <laughs> like. I just started wondering. So I just started searching for people that were named Millard. And every week, I would I would highlight a standout Millard that actually exists in real life. That's just out there kicking as a Millard, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I one day was cruising the internet, and I found a uh, historical, uh, like, artifact store that dealt in historic artifacts, and they had a signed document by Millard Fillmore, the president. And it was wow. like it was like seven hundred dollars. And I was like, should I waste seven hundred dollars on a Millard Fillmore signature? <laughs> I think I should. I should do it. Luckily I didn't. But I, I'm not gonna make any promises that I want in the future. It still may come up on the show. You know what? Follow up for the next show. I'm going to do a Millard Still Exists segment next show. I want to let folks know that Millards are still out there. Let's be honest. Millards are important, Mike. We need to spread the word about how dope Mildo is. Anyways, (laughs) thanks to Sam for being on the show. Mike, we can do it. We can do three for three. This can happen. This can happen, and I'm pretty positive... You've got to get this one. If you don't okay. get this one, we'll see. you are not a millennial, Mike. If you don't get this one, you have disgraced everyone around your age. <laughs> um, okay. Born on October 20th, 1971 in Long Beach, California. When our birthday suit wearer was six years old, he started singing and playing the piano at the Trinity Baptist Church. By sixth grade, his love of music had turned to rap. When he rapped in school, he would draw giant crowds in the hallway, enough for the principal to think there was a fight going on because of all the people gathered around one area. After he graduated from high school, he was arrested on drug charges and was in jail for three years. Once he got out of jail, he started a rap group, 213, with two of his cousins, and one of his cousins being Nate Dog, the other member of the group being Warren G., The rapper from N.W.A., Dr. Dre, heard a tape of their music and wanted to record with our birthday suit wearer. They made the theme song to the 92 film Deep Cover, and then that same year they worked on Dr. Dre's album The Chronic. Our birthday suit wearer came out with his own album a year later with the singles What's My Name and Gin and Juice. His second album went multi-platinum, but not long after, our birthday suit wearer left his label Death Row Records and joined No Limit Records. He then signed to Gavin Records and released the song Drop It Like It's Hot and Groupie Love. In 2012, he decided he was going to make a reggae album and released the album Reincarnated. In 2018, he decided to release a gospel album titled Bible of Love. 
Name that birthday suit wearer. D-O-double-G. Yes. Snoop Dog. Yes. Snoop Dog. <laughs> yes. Or Snoop Lion. Or whatever Ooh, he calls. Snoop Lion. Yeah, that's that's when he decided to do the uh, the reggae album. He said that mm-hmm. he was changing his name to Snoop Lion. And apparently, is, since it wasn't popular, he was like, okay, never mind. We're still Snoop Dogg. That was, <laughs> that was my bad. Uh, I had no idea that he released a gospel album three years ago. Nope. That completely passed under my radar. I yeah. did not hear that whatsoever. But I do have to, I like, I love a good interview with Snoop. Snoop is is great because, like, Snoop is one of those older guys now because, you know, Snoop is, uh, let's see, he's turning 50. Uh, this is his big 50, 50th right here. Um, wow. You know, and he's turning 50, but, like, he has he has worked himself into his age. He does not try mm-hmm. to play outside of his age range, you know, as far as the way he acts. He's not trying to act like some young hipster. He plays his age perfectly. And now in his interviews, he's like that hilarious old Uncle Snoop, you know? He's like that dude mm-hmm. that's just like, here's some stories about some weird things that happen. And, like, one of my favorites, he was on Breakfast Club, and they were asking him, this was several years back, He, they were asking him about um, him and Wiz Khalifa uh, starting to work out together because they had apparently worked out and like Wiz Khalifa got all pretty buff like he gained a whole bunch of muscle mass and they, mm-hmm. they asked Snoop about it they're like yeah so you you were like you were working out too right Snoop and he's like yeah yeah I did it for a little bit I did it for a little bit but you know like I started going on tour and stuff and like I get to my room and I like look at the weights in the corner and be like ah, I want to lift those you know, so I so I stop. I I don't do it anymore. But you know, he kept it up. He kept doing it. So good, good for Wiz. Good for Wiz. And I was like, yeah, nice Snoop. No effort. I like it. Oh Jesus, I got to keep lifting those things. No, thank you. <laughs> you know what? I'll just smoke a lot of weed instead. There we go. That's that sounds good. But Snoop, Snoop, Big Fifty, man, one of my favorite rappers for uh, all time. You know, grew up just loving Snoop. He was like one of the first rappers i ever heard i was in second grade and i was like this dude is awesome yeah man yeah my brother my brother let me listen to to both uh doggy style and uh the chronic and i was just like what this guy's got such a melodic voice he's so laid back (laughs) i wish i could be so cool i wish i could be as cool as him like just just dope snoop man yeah snoop happy birthday snoop Okay, Mike. Uh, we gotta we gotta wrap up the show for this week, but do have some awesome shows coming up next week. I'm super excited. We've got Mark Broussard coming on the show. Mark has just been, I mean, he's just been just been killing the music game for like the last twenty years. Like no exaggeration, twenty years, like just killing it. So wow. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been all over the huge shows. He's performed with all kinds of famous people. I mean, Huey Lewis, Zach Brown Band, just all kinds of people that he's performed with, done things all across the world. I'm super excited. He also does a bunch of awesome charities. He has this charity called SOS. Uh, SOS, uh, just two years ago, released a children's book 
which they were raising money for the uh, Lady of Lakes Hospital there in Baton Rouge, Children's Hospital. So true. They got cool. that built. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Then the week after that, we've got Eric Hutchinson, a fellow podcaster slash radio show host. There you go. So fantastic to talk to him. Uh, he's also obviously a musician as well. He just does all kinds of things. He is multi-talented, unlike me, who is not talented. I'm in that category. <laughs> but I'm excited to have them both on the show. But until then, we've got to wrap it up. We've got, we have got we have ran out of time. So, of course, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Mikey, Maximus, the Furnicus, hurting alpacas like there's no tomorrow. Charette, thank you for being on the show, <laughs> sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, as always. Of course. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.